thank you for joining me today on Hope for Heroes Texas. This is Brad Cornell, where we serve those who serve us as they carry the weight of the badge. It's gonna be a long one, another graveyard shift. Well, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Hope for Heroes Texas, the Weight of the Badge podcast. And I've got a great guest that's coming on with me today. And uh, if you haven't been to a Hope for Heroes event, you're going to want to go to one on a Saturday morning at the beautiful Kindle Inn right over here in Bernie, Texas. Go on our website, hopeforheroestx.org, and check out when the next date is. In fact, it's going to be this Saturday, which is the day this airs. But uh, look at the 24th. We've got an amazing, amazing lady coming. Her husband was shot and killed in Austin, Texas in November, SWAT officer, a very sad situation, but she's coming with her two sons and it's going to be a great, uh, a great morning that you need to be here and greet them. But I'm so excited. You know, we try to do so much here at Hope for Heroes for our uh, first responders. They mean so much to us. I'll tell you what, we're so blessed to have the first responders and the, the men and the women out there that are protecting us. You know, whenever a police officer puts on his uniform or her uniform, they just put their family second. And so you need to realize that, folks, because it's an important situation when they, they put their uniform on. They're out there to protect us. And we don't take that for granted here at Hope for Heroes. And I'll tell you what, you know, we put a lunch on once a month here in Bernie, Texas, for all of our heroes, um, from the police to sheriff to FBI to uh, fire, EMTs, and all that. And I always get to meet some neat, amazing people that show up that I didn't see before or meet before because the public's not invited to this. So I was honored and blessed to be able to meet a gentleman that uh, that has just, he just he's, he was in the military, he's a police officer, and uh, he came here to Texas. And so I'd just like to welcome to the program today. He's got a wife and two kids right here in Bernie. He's been here for a few years, a couple of years, and uh, what a blessing he is already to so many so help me welcome to the program today, Isaiah Galt. How are you, sir? Pretty good, pretty good. Thank you for having me on, sir. Ah, thank you for being here. Well, hey, I just, uh, I know whenever you've got a, and he's a young guy. How old are you? Uh, body-wise or age-wise? Well, probably age-wise. <laughs> 38, sir. Yeah, you're probably 28 body-wise? No, I would say I was like 72. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You're a broken back in the military, right? Broken back, three hip surgeries. Oh, my gosh. Six surgeries total. So Really? Yes, sir. Well, doggone it. Well, you're in good shape then. <laughs> what else stuff you did? I try. It's all the. I think yeah. it's all the cauliflower rice. I, I mean, if you see my lunch that I eat, usually be like, "Oh, how do you eat that?" But like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, tell me about what brought you to Texas. Uh, it's a beautiful state. Uh, the community brought me to Texas back. I was stationed out here in um, Texas once before when I was in the military, um, and I just love the Southern feel. Where you can walk down the street and everybody waves at you and they says hi. And um, when I leave 45 minutes early just because when people say hi and ask you how you're doing, they generally care and want to hear your story and they'll sit there and talk to you. So I make yeah. sure to leave 45 minutes early so I can get there 15 minutes early. Well, you're that kind of guy. You're somebody people want to talk to too. Oh, I appreciate that. That. Makes, that makes a big difference. So you come to, so you, you were in the military and you came in and you were in Colleen. Yes, sir. Mm, okay. So I was with 20th engineers, uh, Fort Hood, Texas. It's on the fourth ID side. My father was, actually stationed there right after me and took over for that unit, which is actually pretty cool. Wow. And so then you, you were here and then you moved back to California. Yeah. So I, I did my, my tour, um, with Fort hood. And after I got out of the military and went back to California, cause that's kind of where I spent most of my uh, teenage years. And I thought that's why I wanted to go back. Um, did 12, 13 years back there and, was working for a police department over in Richmond, California. Mm. So 
Tell me some of the experiences over there. So why did you get out of the military? Uh, so I actually got injured and I didn't want to get out the military. I loved the military. That's what I wanted to do. Ever since I was a little kid, my father would come home and I would take his rucksack and his LBV gear and just wear it around. He just wear it around the house. And he got tired of me asking questions all the time. So, you know, I mean, it, eventually he got to the point where he just had me standing at the position of attention just so I leave him alone. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know. That's a good way. That's a good babysitting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he has some other methods too, but you know, I don't think that people want to have any ideas. I save some kids, but um, that's, I loved it and got out because I uh, got injured. I broke my back. Um, then I went in a couple of years of like rehabbing it. Mm. And then that's how it kind of led me into the policing. I served my country. I loved yeah, it. That's, thank you for your service. It's, it's men and women that put that that uniform on. It's it's nothing like it. And I think you chase that feeling and you chase that honor no matter what you do. And I think the closest that I have to that is, you know, the, the community work that we do and working as a police officer. I honestly believe that's the closest you get to it. Yeah, because they kind of there's there's so many military officers, so many military are police officers. Yes, sir. The retired military. Yes, yeah. Sir. So you so you were a, a cop in Richmond, California. Yes, sir. You gotta love it, go yeah. Richmond. <laughs> you do have to go to the Levens. <laughs> well, tell me some of the experiences you had as as a cop in Richmond. Uh, there's a lot of ups and downs at Richmond, and so per capita, Richmond is one of the most deadliest cities in uh, the nation. Mm. And um, going into thinking that. A lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to do that. No, and it's, but you have a lot of chances to make friends and have an impact on the younger community. And um, I mean, I, it's like I even brought my son to work one day and talked to some of the guys that, you know, I call them selective community members, which, you know, per California, we can't really say gang members or anything like that anymore. Yeah. So I call them selective uh, community members. So I brought my son down there and then had him talk to some of these guys and they're real with you. If you're real with them, they'll talk to you. And I had them talk to my son. He's like, you don't want to be like me. I know what I'm doing. I know what's going on is wrong. I have complete. He's like, you want what's better for you. Your dad's doing a great thing. He helps people out here, you know? So that's that, an important thing, isn't it? I mean, you know, police, I don't think people understand just the training you guys go through and how you've got to deal with so many, you know, I ride with the officers a lot of here yes, and it's amazing all the things you have to do in a day uh, communication wise. Yes, sir. Uh, so we're everybody's father, mother, brother, sister. Uh, we play, we have many hats that you have to wear. You know, I, I mean, I go from calls from uh, outraged teen to, you know, a shots fire call or homicide call, you know? So a lot of times my 12 hour shifts turns into 16, 18 hours, no breaks, no lunch or anything like that is it was busy city. You know, yeah. I'm writing, you know, lights and sirens code three, you know, 95% of the time, you know, and just like how we're sitting here talking right now is so many times where I had to run out and go, you know, try to save a life or a little kid. And, and it's just so frequent. It's, it's, it's unsettling how much, that trauma you take in as a, a responder, you know, and in a city like that where you have a high volume call, it's, it's, it has, it has a definite impact and you never really become the same person. And I see a lot of how it affects people. Yeah. And I try to talk to the police officers that I've trained and my buddies. And I try to talk to all of them. I was like, you can't let it change you realize it, that it impacts you. 
but we're here for a greater cause and we can't allow it to affect us to the point to where we get to a point where we're so stressed out or we're so um, beyond the point of where we just want to commit suicide. Yeah. And it's an unfortunate thing where we've had to have like suicide watch or go out to help or look for other officers who's been missing when, you know, other things going on. Cause I mean, it's hard for, it's even hard on a spouse. Sure. So if you're going 12, 13 hours and you're tuning out when you come home to your family, when you only have that one or two hours before you can you hang out with them, go to bed. So I mean, a lot of, uh, spouses seek that comfort somewhere else because yeah. we can't really provide it after a while sometimes yeah and it's just so much going on upstairs that you know the spouse goes out and finds it out somewhere else unfortunately she may still love that other person but they just yearning for something else that we can't provide because we're shutting down inside and we're not really letting out and you come so frequent with it and um so how did you how do you combat that do you did you is there counseling available what's it like in richmond Maybe different than here, even I don't know, but I mean, I know there's counseling and there's all. How did you? How do you combat that? Well, I mean, there's two. There's two thoughts on it. The old school thought is, you know, just gut it out, right? Gut it out and have a drink, and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you won't forget about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we've proven that wrong. Yeah, all you're doing is postponing it. Yeah. Another one is um, get help, seek it out. It would be anonymous, but if it's really not, yeah, you know, or what most of us do is we find a hobby. We take our mind off of it. You know, we find, we try to relate to it and we talk to each other. So the group is strong with that. And what I found was you really have to separate yourself from this life. You're a, you're a cop. Yes. That's what you do, but that's not who you are. Yeah. And when you go home, your kids don't see you as, well, they see you as a cop, but they don't see you as a cop. They see you as dad, mom, you know, they see that. And that's what you need to be. And getting a hobby is a real big thing too, to take your mind off just to tinker with something. Yeah. So I, I believe that's what helped me with it. And it's helped me when I was going through a hard time after I was going through some, uh, some turmoil with my SWAT team. Yeah. You know, and I needed something. So I bought a 73 C10 and tore it all the way down and started rebuilding it with a couple of my buddies. And that took my mind off of everything. Oh, that's good. Now, do you find yourself, though, do you need to spend more time with your spouse? Like if she's, I mean, how is it? Because I know a lot of police officers, a lot of, you know, first responders, I should say. I talk to them and it's like they don't, when they come home and they had a tale, they were in a homicide, a shooting. You guys see such terrible things. They don't share it with the wife because it's like she couldn't handle all that. But how, or how do you get closer? How do you, what would you tell an officer that's say a young guy, He's, you know, been on the force for a year or two and he's trying to grapple with this, some of these things he's seen. How does he, how do you get him to say, hey, don't, here's what you need to do? The advice I give, um, and my PD was pretty good at that. They gave us a book that says I'm married to a cop. I didn't read it personally, but my wife did. But for me personally, what I found is she doesn't really need to know all the stories that everything that you're doing. Mm-hmm. All she needs to know is that you're coming home safe and that everything is okay. Um, I've never really shared stories with her, like high speed chases or, or, or guns or anything like that. You know, I was and like, I don't like really talking about myself, but I was per the law, you know, if I was in a life and death situation, just about 
every day, multiple times a day, mm. especially being a gang SWAT sniper and all that kind of stuff. So I was out there doing stuff. I, I like chasing to get guns because that protected the community. Yeah. So the way I explained it to him is just let them know that you're safe. Give them a little bit of information because they're not really going to understand it. Only give them the good stuff, but let them know that what you do to prepare yourself at home, working out, eating right, taking care of yourself and staying diligent and separating yourself from your home and work. That's what brings you home. Um, it's hard for a wife. If you're coming home, telling her, it's like, oh, I chased this guy with a gun. We were pointing, we we're at gunpoint. We we're doing this and all that kind of stuff. Uh, she's going to, in her mind, she's going to exacerbate it. It's yes. going to be 20 times worse than it really, it really is. Yeah. You know, plus she's got to get worried. Yeah. Every so, day. Yeah. And my wife's different too. So it's, it's like, I called my wife before. It's like, Hey, I broke my back. I'm coming home from Germany. Hey, I, I just took a ricochet bullet to the arm. I'm, I've been shot. I'm coming home or Hey, I just broke my arm, my hand and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm, I'm on my way home. So she's pretty much tuned out to it. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, what else we got? Isaiah? Yeah, right. Every time he calls like at noon or one, it's like, Oh, yeah. he's coming home. <laughs> right. So like, it's like I call my wife now before I even come home. Cause my platoon sergeant in the military taught her how to shoot a sniper rifle. So I was like, look, it's only a matter of time until like, I don't take out the trash or something like that. Like she's going to come for me. So I always make sure to text her. It's like, Hey, I'm coming home. And you know, but honestly for those, those newer officers, yeah, just keep something close, close to the vest. Yeah. They don't need to know everything. Your hero stories. Like my wife didn't know any hero stories until I got the gang unit. And then they came over and like a going away party and they told all the stuff. She's like, I didn't know you did all that. I was like, well, that's my job. Well, yeah. that's really, that's a, That's some great advice. I mean, that really is, you know, and then you hear so many po police officers getting divorced. It's yeah. such a high divorce rate. And so, you know, it's either the wife going out and saying, having an affair or the, the cop, because all the women love cops. Yeah. You know, a bunch of badger bunnies. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, so you keeping, have you found, have you found that your faith is an important part of that? Yes. Yeah, so, Faith and knowing who you are is really, really important. And and especially nowadays, how a lot of people are excluding God from their lives and just or just anything. It's it's affecting and you can see how it's going because everybody thinks it's okay to do certain things. It's like, no, you, you gotta have a little bit more pride in yourself and a little more pride in your family to respect them. And um I think that's what's helped me and me is like I always try to stay grounded and I always knew who I was and like I've, I've, I've spoke to you earlier it's like yeah I'm a police officer but that's not who I am right I'm a father I'm a personal trainer I'm a basketball coach I'm a I work with the younger community through basketball and teach them more of the stuff like I have it's so much more to me than just the uniform the badge and the gun because when I show up, that's pretty much all you see. Because you don't see anybody on their good days. They don't call you. It's like, hey, I brought you cookies or anything. Like, <laughs> yeah. They yeah. When you show up, it's a bad day for somebody. Yes, sir. Unfortunately, it's, hey, someone's bleeding out, dying. They need me to go there. Or someone's not breathing. They need me to conduct CPR. There's a kid that's drowning. Or it, it's, it's, it's an unfortunate part of it. Like me, it's like. I tell there's some kids over, because especially with the way the world's going nowadays, and they're like, oh, I can't wait to go to war. It's like, I've been to war. And I've been to the war in the streets. I so said, anybody who says that, they're not ready to go. Because I've heard grown men cry. I've seen grown women cry. Yeah. And it's like, I've seen them suffer to a point to where they can't do anything. And no matter what I do, 
I can't save them. So I said, the last person that that person sees as they're taking their last breath before it goes dark is not their mother. It's not their father. It's not their girlfriend, boyfriend. It's not the father. It's me. Yeah. And I'm trying to comfort them. But what I'm really trying to do is get a dying declaration. Yeah. You're hoping you're going to see Jesus. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But unfortunately, in the city that yeah. I was in, it was yeah, you ain't more it. often than not, you know? Well, it sounds like it, and it must have been. All of the all that you've done in Richmond has really helped you to deal with these kids and, and the different huh, by being on the gangs. That must be you've learned how to communicate because that's a big deal. It's all about communication. Yes, sir. And has helped that I experienced it too. So growing up in Oakland in ninety uh, eighth and East Fourteenth, um, I've seen what the community of gang members have on the the community. I can see how it can scare, and I can see the family oriented portion of it also. Um, we like to say we like in policing, we like to take care of our brother. They, they're the same way. It's just their criminal activity preys on others who can't protect themselves. Right. So a lot of times, you know, just like how we're vilified for doing one or two bad things, a lot of them vilified for doing their things, but they're doing it multiple and they know what they're doing. And, but they're out there protecting their brothers, their sisters. They hurt the same way that we do. And, I've got to see that community. I have a lump on the back of my head because my mom always told me, it's like, if there's guns, fires, you have to jump underneath a car. And I jumped underneath the car <laughs> and I, I hit my head on the gas tank and I come in and my mom's like, oh my God, you're shot. I was like, no, I just hit my head on the back of a car. <laughs> oh, dude, you said, mom. <laughs> yeah. And then wow. they got guys coming down the street, dead end street with shotguns. And you see everybody in the community with brooms and just coming out and chasing them out, you know? So, but. I experienced that and I can relate to it as like, I've been here. So I know how you're feeling, how you think there's no way out, but you're, you're limiting yourself. And if you limit yourself, no one else has to do it because you're limiting yourself on your potential greatness. Yeah. And wow. there's some smart kids out there. You got some wisdom, Isaiah. Uh, I've My been gosh. through a lot, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you do. Well, you know, what do you see in the future for say these, you say these gangs and, you know, of course they're, they're everywhere. We're close to San Antonio and I'm sure we've got some challenges up here in uh, Bernie, but what's the best way for, for the officers in the community to deal with the gang situation? Do you have a, do you have any wisdom on that? Uh, spend time with them really. Yeah, Diego. And so the gangs I know in California is like, so there used to be rules and bylaws and, um, for the the gangsters and traditional. So in my town, it was non-traditional gang. So meaning by that is you don't get jumped in. There's no hierarchy. You're not really paying the money to like the cartels or anything like that. Like the cartels tried to come into Richmond and the Serenio gangs, they ran them out. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's a little bit different. So it's just counterinsurgency, just going and getting them, them, infiltrating them, not to a point to where you're like going undercover and doing that um, work that way is, what we did was we were visible. We were there. A lot of times we were just wearing jeans. Talk to them about their school. We went over there and played basketball against them and talked mess with them. Oh, that's cool. And uh, beat them in basketball. You know, then they're like, oh my God, how do, how do you how do you play that? I was like, man, I'm a cop, but I can ball. Yeah. I'm going to cross you up. You want to keep talking mess? Let's go. You know? Yeah. And so I guess just really getting it, you know, becoming their friend because everybody... Right. I mean, they're when I say becoming their friends, but I mean, communicating with them and getting in the middle of it, not as just a cop that's there when it's bad, but when it's yes, nothing bad going on. The older brother, I would say the oh, older brother go. where you you hold them accountable for making their mistakes 
but you're there to pat them on the back when they do something well. Yeah. And so as you, so you come, so now if you're in Richmond, California, now you, you've come to Texas. Yes, sir. And um, you are now with the, you're serving here in, in Bernie. Yes, sir. With the school district. Yes, sir. And you work, you work, what's, what's it like here? I love you. Bernie is my realtor. She did a really good job at actually finding what my personality is and finding me a community that really embraces it. I was coming from California. You're so vilified as a police officer and all you want to do is help. I understand there were some circumstances that have occurred that left a stain on the, the badge, but there's men and women out there doing great work every day. Yeah. Even outside of the work, even outside of the department doing great work. Um, but she found it here and like, I, I never tell anybody I'm a cop and like you seeing me on the street, you would never know that I was a cop. Yeah. And I took pride in that. And, um, somehow a gentleman saw me. He's like, you're a cop from California. Huh? I was like, <laughs> Whoa. I was like, you're, you're watching me. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you read my mail. What's going on? Yeah. But the community here, you guys love each other. You guys, it's just like when you're putting on that lunching for, I've never had that in California. I never looked for it, but the way you guys hold police officers at a high value and they're like, Oh, it's police officer law enforcement, uh, appreciation day. I was like, is that a real day? <laughs> and they brought stuff down to the school and seeing how they love, uh, officer Fuentes, or the SRO over there. And, you know, it's a, it's a community where I was like, I, I wouldn't mind donning the badge over here is because of the great community, you know? And I don't know why God brought me here. And still trying to figure that out. Well, we do. My gosh. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're an awesome guy. I appreciate it. I mean, it. Hope for Heroes is, um, that's what we're about is, is just telling you guys how much we love you, man. And how special. And this community really does love its first responders. I mean, fire, EMT, sheriff, all of them. Yes, sir. Police. And, and to have you here, you could tell when I first met you, and of course, um, you know, Rick, you were with Rick. Yes, sir. And, um, but you were very special. I mean, you could tell you had just, you could tell your heart. And that's, that's what people don't get to see very often. Yes, sir. And so I want to tell you that, man, we are honored, honored and blessed to have you here and your family here. And, I appreciate you it. know, uh, Bernie, Texas is a place you need to stay because what you're doing for the community and your experience, I want to, you know, today, I mean, I want to talk to you more and more in, you know, in the future. Yes, sir. But um, I want to tell you, I really want to say thank you for being here in Bernie and thank you for your personality and attitude because it really is strong. I said, when I first met someone, I said, hey, you got to do a podcast with me. Yes, sir. You know, your honesty and, you know, like I said, you can tell you're a man of steel and velvet. I appreciate it. I mean, <laughs> you know, I don't think I want to get him mad, you know. But, um, but not, but thank you. And, uh, you're a blessing here. Yes, sir. So is there anything you want to say that, that, uh, I just want to thank the community of Bernie for accepting us and, um, restoring faith in community and God. And I love how they still say, you know, the pledge of allegiance and put America and God first. Yeah. Um, I love that. And the community, the kids have restored faith and, you know, I've, I believed in it so much that my kids are here now. So fantastic! Uh, I just want to say thank you to all you guys and thank you for everything. And, and there's still good people like Tion back in California. who does Sure. And we need to be like praying that. for all them. We yes, need to pray for all of our police officers yes, sir. and our first responders because it's, it's what makes this country great. Yes, sir. Well, thank you, Isaiah, for joining you. me today. I look forward to seeing you again and having you and more and more part of the community of all the things that are happening. God bless you. And thank you. Thank you, sir. Hey, so glad you joined me today. Now, you're going to want to follow us because we've got some upcoming episodes that you're not going to want to miss. See you then. Oh.
the bed.